The following recording is a presentation of the Berean Baptist Church of Rohnert Park, California, and of Pastor Val Mark Smith. We are an independent Baptist congregation committed to the accurate presentation of the historical doctrines of the faith. We welcome your visit to our services anytime here in the Rohnert Park area. Amen. Wow, good, good to see you this morning. Um, we're going to jump into this morning's message. I've been I've started in a series on servants of the living God, and uh, so far we, we've looked at a, f- a few things. Um, we defined what a servant is, and uh, we defined where, uh, spirit, scripturally speaking, where we serve and, and when we serve. We also looked at prerequisites for serving. Uh, I gave you three. I said, first of all, we must choose to serve God. Uh, service, serving God is, is expected of us, but it's something that we literally must choose to do. Uh, I said, I said also that we must commit to serving God. Um, serving, serving the Lord is not something we get on and off, on and off, on and off. It's, it needs to be a commitment. It needs to be something that we take seriously and, uh, and that we, we understand it's lifelong, not temporary, but lifelong. Uh, and then thirdly, I said that we must continue in our service to the Lord, not quitting, not, not giving up, knowing, knowing that God never leaves us nor forsakes us, and we too should, be, should be, uh, continue in our service to him. Then we looked last week at some, or last time, at some attributes of service. And I, I said three things again. Sac- service will demand sacrifice, and we need to be prepared for that. Uh, service, I said, will lead to suffering, and we looked at we looked at the fact that this world does not that this world hates believers and and will always hate believers, and uh, we we will endure hardships and we will endure persecutions and things such as that. And then thirdly, we said that service will result in selflessness. The more we serve the Lord, the more of a heart He gives us to serve others, and we become we become less and less selfish and more and more selfless. And um, that's when a Christian's life is really pleasing to the Lord, is when we concern ourselves with the cares of others more than we concern ourselves with care for, for ourselves personally. Uh, and, and that's an important lesson for us to learn if we're going to be servants of the living God, is that God will take care of you you use the resources and the strength and the energy he gives you to love and care for others. And that's, that's God's plan in that. All right, so we're going to keep going today with attributes of service with number four in your study sheets. And the first point this morning is this. A servant is faithful. A servant is faithful. Let's pray before we go any further. Father, thank you for... The time you've given us, I pray that you would speak to us today, that you would instruct us, help us, Lord, to become the servants that you desire that we be, uh, and, and, and build us up and strengthen us, we pray, and we'll give all the glory and all the praise and all the honor unto you. Thank you, Father, for Jesus, our Savior, and uh, we ask that you bless this time now. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So a servant is faithful. In 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 1 and 2, Paul writes, Let a man so account of us as of the ministers of Christ 
and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. Now, a steward, by definition, is one who manages the affairs and are the goods of another. So most certainly, we can, we can identify a steward as a servant, as a servant of his master. And of course, as, as you and I are children of God, we are servants of our Father, servants of the Master, our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, we are stewards of God. Paul here alludes to the truth that a steward must be marked by faithfulness. Um, you would not want to trust someone who is unfaithful. On my job, for instance, um, I, I, do the, I do the scheduling. It's one of my duties. is something I did twice and became mine. Uh, I do the scheduling. And when, it, when it's time to set up the schedule, I see certain names. I say to myself, oh boy, this person's going to call in sick. 60% of their, of their scheduled time. So I better, I better have someone else lined up as a backup, ready to go for this person, because I know they're not going to... And that person, why? Because they're unfaithful. They're unfaithful. And, and you, don't, you can't trust someone who's unfaithful. Uh, you know, over the years, uh, I try to be, I try to be faithful. My father taught me to be dependable, to, to show up for work early. Never be late and to, to work, uh, give, give all the time you should give to your job and, and don't leave early and don't quit working early. And, and my, my dad was, we, we worked from seven to four. And at seven o'clock, he better hear nailing. He better hear nails being driven, saws running, and he better not hear silence before four o'clock. Because that was, as far as he was concerned, you were, you were robbing if you did that. And, and we need to be faithful. Uh, Proverbs 25, 19 tells us confidence in an unfaithful man in time of trouble is like a broken tooth and a foot out of joint. How many of you have ever broken a tooth? Any of you ever broke a tooth? That thing is worthless, isn't it? It eliminates an entire half of your, fa- of your mouth. You can't chew on that side anymore. You can't bite down on it. It's broken tooth. It, 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 it takes away half of your ability to eat. What about a, you ever twist an ankle? Any of you ever twist an ankle? Oh, that's painful, isn't it? You can't put your weight on it. You can't walk. You got you to have crutches, which then hurts you under your arms, and your back gets to hurting, and the other side, you're favoring it so much, it gets to hurting. Just that little bitty bro- twisted ankle or that broken tooth can disrupt your entire life and change everything, and make you absolutely miserable. And that's what an unfaithful man is like. That's what an unfaithful man is like in the church. When we have unfaithful members, they don't realize it always, but it puts, a, it, it puts more stress and more pressure and, and does more to harm everyone else. And, and so we need to understand, any part of our body that goes, goes, ends up being a problem, and the whole body is affected, isn't it? I mean, when you get a cold, my hair hurts. I mean, 
you know, you can't touch your hair. You know, stub, you ever stub your toe in the middle of the night? Whoo, man, your eyes open up big. Oh, gosh, that little bit of toe down there, you stub it, and the whole body is affected by it. We need to understand the same thing is true in the church. When we're not faithful to the services, when we're not faithful to our responsibilities within the church, the entire work is affected. Now, is it, is it, is it stopped? Is it defeated? No, because God is going to make sure his work goes forward. But it affects the church, and we need to understand that. The same is, is true of you and, and me as servants of God. If we are to have the confidence of God, then we must be faithful. I've, I've, I've always wanted to be a person that if God needs something done, he, he can turn to me. Uh, maybe, I don't know, maybe, maybe I should have learned to say no years ago, but I just, I just, when a job comes up in the church and, and someone comes up to me and says, can't I, I just automatically say yes. And, and, and we need to just, we need to have a heart for the work, for the service. And as I said, I should learn to say no, brother. Gary's back there shaking his head, yes. <laughs> but we need to be faithful. We must be faithful. So I want to consider for a moment the marks of faithfulness. Uh, when I looked up the definition of faithful, I found some very interesting uh, attributes given there. So let's go through those. First on your study sheet is this, the word constancy. Constancy. And that is being unchangeable. In Hebrews chapter 13 and verse 8, we read this. Jesus Christ, the same, yesterday and today and forever. Jesus does not change. And as God's children, we too, if we will be faithful, must be constant. We must possess the attribute of constancy. Being a person who is dependable and is always on the job. I don't, want, I don't ever want Pastor Smith to stand behind his pulpit and look at where I should be and not see me there. Because we need to be constant, unchangeable. Just as our Lord is an unchanging God, we too must be constant in our doctrine, constant in our uh, faithfulness to serve the Lord. Not blown here and, and yon by the winds of change and the winds of... You know, change is going to come constantly. Do you, do you understand that? People... People come and go. Uh, I've, been, I've been at this church for, what is it now, 28 years. I've been, I've been here 28 years at Berea, and I, I, I can't even begin to th- imagine how many people I've seen come and go. Come and go, come and go, come and go. Some come and the Lord sends them elsewhere. Some come and quit. Uh, been many reasons for coming and going. But, you know, we need to learn to be constant. Someone who's always in their place doing what they should be doing. The second 
word on, on the list is loyalty. Not only constancy, but faithfulness is marked by loyalty. And loyalty is true to a purpose. True to a purpose. John chapter 17 and verse 4. We read, I have glorified thee on the earth. I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. Now this is Jesus speaking to the Father. Jesus said, I have glorified thee on the earth. I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. Jesus was loyal to his Father. He, he was true to his purpose. We must remain true to our purpose of fulfilling the calling of God. Regardless of the circumstances. I've seen, over the years, I've seen many people start. And then their circumstances change. Something happens. And all of a sudden their focus has changed. And they lose sight of, of, of their calling from God. And they lose sight of what they should be doing. And they be, their loyalty fades with the wind. We should be, we should be uh, true and, and, and we should be uh, faithful regardless of the circumstances in our life. And also, we should be true to our purpose regardless of the consequences for that. Now, praise the Lord that in America we are, we are, not, we are not imprisoned for our faith or or we're not burned at the stake, or, or anything like that. Praise God. And, and let me tell you something. You better remember us, but by the grace of God, that, that that's true. But still, sometimes there are consequences for being a faithful servant to the Lord. And, and sometimes those consequences can hit us in a place that we find it most difficult to ignore, and that is the pocketbook. Sometimes being a servant of the Lord hits you, hits you in places where it tests not only your faithfulness, but it tests your faith. And we must be true to the purposes that God has given us, regardless of the consequences. So we see these things. Noah obeyed all that the Lord commanded of him. The Bible tells us, Noah did all that God commanded him. Uh, Moses. Moses, the Bible scripture tells us, chose to suffer affliction with the people of God rather than enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. And Moses, he, he, he stayed loyal to his God and he endured the hardships that followed being an Hebrew. Daniel, the Bible tells us that Daniel purposed in his heart. Daniel was in a foreign land. He was, he was a slave. His parents were most likely murdered by Nebuchadnezzar. And he was placed in the household of Nebuchadnezzar. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not allow his circumstances to change his, his, his faith in his God. And his faithfulness to his God. And he endured that regardless of the consequences. The three Hebrew children, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, refused to bow to the idol. 
And boy, what consequences there were for that, right? So we see that these men stayed loyal to their calling. They stayed loyal to God, and we must possess loyalty. Let me ask you a question. What will it take? What would it take to rob you of your loyalty to serve God? What would it take for you to quit on God? Well, the third item, the third word I have there is the word dedication. Dedication is also an attribute of faithfulness. And by dedication, we are talking about steadfastness. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 58, we read, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. To be, to be faithful is to be dedicated. To, to be steadfast in, in your determination, steadfast in your actions. Steadfast in your character. And by the way, far too many believers in their, in their innermost self lack character. And we must develop sound character. And the only place we're going to do that is by studying the word of God and emulating our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Steadfastness. Anyone can start serving God. I heard, I heard this. A man's character is not measured by what it takes to make him start. A man's character is measured by what it takes to make him quit. So let's remember that. Steadfast. Dedication. And the next word, the last one on the list, is this. Fidelity. Fidelity. And fidelity is purity of affection. I'd like for you to turn with me. We're going to, we're going to do a good bit of turning to Scripture for the rest of the lesson. I'd like for you to turn with me to Exodus chapter 20. Now, these are very familiar Scriptures. Of course, they're the Ten Commandments. Exodus chapter 20. I'm going to begin reading at verse 1. Exodus chapter 20, beginning at verse 1. And God spake all these, these words, saying, I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image, or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. Thou shalt not, buy, not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them, for I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generations of them that hate me. Fidelity is purity of affection. What more needs to be said than the Lord himself stated in these five verses? We're to have no greater love for anything, anyone, than, the, than God himself. Yet so often, God's children love the world, and they love the allurements of the world and the pleasures of the world more than they love God. You say, how can you possibly say that? Because 
the allurements and the pleasures of the world will keep them from obeying and serving the Lord. Now you tell me which do they love more. I'm not saying they don't love God. But they don't love God first in their life. Is that, is that your testimony? Of course it's not. I, I realize we're Sunday mornings in Sunday school. I'm preaching to the choir, so to speak. I know that. But we need to be careful because there are things that, that throughout the week can rob our, our affection uh, from God. So we have to be careful. God should be first and foremost in our life, in all things, in every area of our life. Let us be pure in our affection for Christ. So a servant is faithful. But then next on the study sheet number five, I want to say this. A servant is fearless. A servant is fearless. I'd like for you now to turn with me to Daniel. Daniel chapter 6. And let's begin reading at verse number 10 of Daniel chapter 6. And we read here, Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house, and his windows being opened in the chamber toward Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. Now to to save just a little bit of time, let's go down to, um, to verse number uh, 15. Then these men assembled unto the king and said unto the, the king, Know, O king, that the law of the Medes and the Persians is that no decree nor statute which the king established may be changed. Then the king commanded, and they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. Now the king spake and said unto Daniel, Thy God whom thou servest continually, he will deliver thee. And a stone was brought and laid upon the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet and with the signet of his lords, that the purpose might not be changed concerning Daniel. Now, we all know the story here. The king was, was challenged by the wicked men who, who sought to defeat Daniel, and they knew the only way they could defeat Daniel is if it was somehow involving his, his God. So they, they convinced the king to pass a law that said no man may make any petition to any gods other than the king for a certain period of time. And it was signed by the king under the law of the Medes and the Persians, which means even the king himself could not change it. And Daniel, when he knew that the king had signed that order and it was posted, he went into his house and he opened his window. He didn't go hide in the dark corner. He went to his house he opened his window, just as he always did. He knelt facing Jerusalem and three times a day prayed to his God. And those wicked men said, we got him. We got Daniel. And they run to the king. And they said, king, you signed the law. You can't change it, king. You signed it. You have to enforce it. So they took Daniel and they cast him into the den of lions. Now, Daniel knew what the cost for, for disobeying the king was. He knew that before. But it didn't matter to Daniel because he was going to obey God. See, that goes back to what I said earlier, regardless of the consequences. It doesn't matter 
If, if obeying God costs you your life, then give up your life, but obey God. Serve the Lord, and, 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 and don't, don't worry about the consequences. God will take care of the consequences. And maybe, I'm not saying he's going to save you in every situation. It might be his will that you die for his cause. If so be, then so be it. But be faithful to God. Daniel was fearless. He, he exhibited in this instant great courage. Now those, were, those, weren't, those weren't tame lions in there. Those were ravenous, starving beasts. As a matter of fact, keep reading, uh, and later you find out that the king turned it around on, on those wicked men, and he had them cast into the, the den. And the, and the Bible says before they even touched the ground, the lions ripped them to pieces. The lions leaped up and caught them in the air and shred their bodies. That's how ravenous they were. But when they threw Daniel in, I'd have liked to have been a fly on the wall, wouldn't you? I can imagine all those lions over in one corner just laying there looking at Daniel. Daniel over on the other side just sitting there. And I could imagine the angels of the Lord standing between them with fiery swords telling those lions, you stay put. My, what a, I got goosebumps. What a God we serve, amen? What a mighty, powerful, unchanging God who deserves all of our faithfulness and deserves us to be courageous for him. Now, what produces courage? I thought about this. <laughs> I got three things to say. First, believing leads to testing. Believing leads to testing. Uh, let's turn to Psalm 81, please. Psalm 81. And we can just read one verse, verse 10. Verse 10 says, I am the Lord thy God, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt. Open thy mouth wide, and I will fill it. Malachi chapter 3 and verse 10 says, the Lord says, prove me now herewith. Listen, God is not afraid for you to test him. For you to, to prove his faithfulness to you. Believing in, in the Lord will lead to testing. There will be times when you will have to test the faithfulness of God. When you will have to test the power of God. Now, I know most of you, and uh, well, I know all of you, actually, and, and I've known all of you for a long time. And I'm sure, I, I have confidence that every one of us in this room have had times in our life where we have had to, to trust the Lord and God has proven himself to us. I could stand here and fill 12 hours telling you, uh, telling you occurring instances in my life since I've been saved at times when, when God miraculously intervened in my life and God proved his existence and he answered my prayers and, and he, he moved in my life. And you could do the same thing. And we all believe and that belief leads to testing. Now secondly, testing builds confidence. Testing builds confidence. You see, 
Well, let's turn to 1 Samuel chapter 17. 1 Samuel chapter 17. Should be able to get there quickly. It's an easy book to find. I said testing builds confidence. Look at verse number 39. 1 Samuel chapter 17 and verse 39. We read here, And David girded his sword, now his there is, is Saul, and David girded Saul's sword upon his armor, and he assayed to go, for he had not proved it. And David said unto Saul, I cannot go with these, for I have not proved them. And Daniel put them off from him. And he took his staff in his hand and chose him five smooth stones out of the brook and put them in a shepherd's bag where he had, which he had, even in a script. And his sling was in his hand and he drew near to the Philistine. Now I've heard some people say, well, the reason he grabbed five smooth stones is because because Goliath had four brothers. Well, I don't know if that's true or not, because the Bible doesn't tell me. The Bible doesn't tell me. That's why he grabbed five smooth stones. I would imagine David just wanted to be sure that he, he would get them, so he grabbed five of them instead of just one. You know, if you're going to go to a gunfight, you don't put one bullet in your gun, do you? You load the gun. And David said, I'm going to load my bag, and I'm going to go get him." But David wouldn't go with Saul's armor and sword. Why? Because he had never tested it. He'd, he'd never been in battle with that. He, he had never proven it. He, he didn't know if he knew how to use it. He didn't know, he didn't know if, if it would help him. But he did know it would help him. Let's back up to verse number um, 33. Look at verse 33. And Saul said to David, Thou art not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for thou art but a youth. And he a man of war from his youth. And David said unto Saul, Thy servant kept his father's sheep. And there came a lion and a bear, and took a lamb out of the flock. And I went out after him, and smote him, and delivered it out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by his beard, and smote him, and slew him. Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing he hath defied the armies of the living God. You see, David knew God, and he knew that God would protect him, and he knew that God would help him. And by the way, David, David was confident he was going to go defeat Goliath, but he, he, really, he really had no firm proof of that, did he? But David knew that whatever God's will would be done. And so he was fearless. He was fearless to face his enemy, but not with the weapons of man, but with the arm of God. See, David's testing, David tested God and it led to his confidence. And then, and then thirdly, confidence produces courage. Let's look at verse number 37. David said, Moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of the Philistine. And Saul said unto David, Go, and the Lord be with thee. You see, believing leads to testing. Testing builds confidence, and confidence produces courage. We have the, we sh you and I, as as elder Christians, you and I should have the confidence in God. We should have proven them in our lives. 
we should have the confidence in God to give us the courage to live for God in our daily lives. This is why God's greatest servants were able to endure all they faced. They had a fearlessness <coughs> that came from their familiarity with God's power and God's grace. And this is what we lack in America today. Listen, you don't need to be an expert in human behavior to understand that. In America today, far too many Christians lack courage. And they lack courage because they've never tested God, they've never proven God, they have no confidence in God. They have more faith in, in AT&T and IBM and General Motors. They have more faith in their, their job, their ability to earn money, more faith in, in, in their puny amassed uh, experiences in their life, and they lean upon that rather than, than the holy written scripture of God. We lack the courage in America to do the things that we need to do. Well, let that not be so with us. I pray that's not so with you. I pray it's not so with me. Let us go forth with great courage. Fearless. A servant is fearless. And I'm out of time, so I can't get to number six. We'll cover that next time. <coughs> that's the benefit of doing a series, amen? <laughs> Listen, folks, what a privilege it is to serve the Lord. What a great privilege it is to be a servant of the living God. So let us do so with, with faithfulness, and let us do so fearlessly. Not, not afraid, not, 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 not failing to give that total and full commitment to God, but a fearless servant of the Lord. All right, folks, that's it. I don't have any more time. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for listening to this presentation of the Berean Baptist Church of Ronan Park, California. If you would like further information about our church, please feel free to call us at area code 707-584-7275 or write to us at Berean Baptist Church, 6298 Country Club Drive, Ronert Park, California, 94928. Additionally, you may visit us on the World Wide Web at www.bebaptist.org.